And welcome to Estradile Illusions. We are kicking off our Pride Month coverage, but before we do that, we just wanted to reaffirm our support for all of the protests that are now happening uh, around the world. Black Lives Matter, that's something that uh, we as a nation desperately need to have a bigger conversation about. And uh, all the protests and everything that's been going on has really shed a light onto that, the importance and... Uh, we are just so inspired and uh, supportive of everything that's been going on. We wanted to have a advocate, an entertainer, and a singer-songwriter who has an album that's just come out. We have Taraj here to talk with us about uh, all of his work and also what's been going on in the, the broader world. Taraj, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you so much, first and foremost, for having me. It's such an honor to speak with you. <laughs> But I'm Taraj. I'm originally from Miami, and I live here in New York. Um, and I'm an R&B and pop singer-songwriter, um, also LGBTQ+, influencer, activist, the whole nine. Uh, see a little bit about myself. Do you want me to start from the top in terms of music or like... Sure, yeah. What you've done with Amazon, music, yeah, wherever you want to go. Oh, okay. All right, but in terms of... Me, personally, ever since I was a kid, I always had like an artistic inclination that started primarily within like drawing and painting. And then that shifted more toward music when I was in high school, where I started entering talent shows. And then when I went off to college, I joined an acapella group. And that inspired me to start writing like my first demos and record like my first songs. And eventually that caught the attention of talent scouts in New York. And so... From there, I was going from college back and forth uh, to do these shows every two weeks or so. And that eventually landed me a residence at the Iguana Lounge in Manhattan. It's like Midtown Manhattan. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah. I did that for almost two years. And then after that, I would just say fast forward to maybe three years ago, where I started to release my first singles and then I followed that up with my very first EP. And then the following year, which was just last year, I released my first full-length album, Defy. And it's been an incredible ride ever since. Yeah, just this week I was listening to, I was watching the video for Let Yourself Soar. It's very uplifting. I loved all the, the artwork. You have the backgrounds between the galleries and the uh, street art. It's very, very uplifting, very good stuff. You have a great voice. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> It was a lot of fun, like, shooting that music video because it was back in my hometown, and I went to high school around around the corner from that area. I went to Dash, Design and Architecture Senior High, which is in the heart of Wynwood. Yeah, so it was really fun just going back home to film that music video. So I'll definitely, definitely link to that in the uh, description for the show. Um, to start off, I wanted to just kind of take a really a, a broader look at what's been going on with the world, the protests these past few weeks. And you're in New York City, one of the big, uh, really one of the few big hearts of the of the protest uh, nationwide. I've seen a lot of it in L.A. Just wanted to get your thoughts about what's been happening and, and your own perspectives from uh, being uh, being part of it. I'd have to say that, I guess, first and foremost, it's about time. Um, this is something I guess a lot of people have reached out to me asking for my thoughts and everything. And as a Black LGBTQ plus male, this is something that I've had to personally face every single day of my life. Um, and it's just something that I had to fight 
literally for years and years and years. So it's just incredible that the visibility and the awareness is here and that so many people from all walks of life, not just in the U.S., like it's it's a worldwide phenomenon and it, it really warms my heart that there's a cultural shift, a worldwide cultural shift in terms of recognizing, you know, systemic racism and police brutality. And I just hope that the momentum stays strong and that there's real change that'll actually happen. And I guess it's already evident in terms of some of the things that have been taking place over the last few days in districts across the country. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely with, with seeing the way that the uh, Minneapolis town, uh, the city council, they've voted to disband the police, which um, I think for a, a lot of people were, were talking about that as sort of a thing to talk about the, the, the ways in which the police and the systemic, the police state, I guess, which has, has been the subject. I mean, even in um, when I was doing, when I was in grad school, reading Foucault's Discipline and Punish about just the, the, the ways that policing and the police don't really necessarily keep us safe so much as they do antagonize and uh, oppress and all of that. So to see to see the ways that that conversation is going, I think it's very positive, it's productive, it's especially seeing uh, I, the, the NFL put out a statement a couple days ago, which was pretty half-hearted, but it was a... I guess it, it must have been pretty cathartic from the sense of, you know, two years ago, we're, we're seeing all of this, multiple years, Colin Kaepernick, the ways in which the asshole in the White House was uh, trying to shift that away from the actual topic and more towards uh, nonsense about the flag and forced patriotism. And I, I think that that was this, what's been happening these past few weeks has been a really positive uh, awakening moment for people who... Maybe didn't weren't weren't forced to confront uh, these issues or wanted to dismiss it or just say you know looking at the the way that the athletes were protesting and saying oh why don't they just play their sport or I, the, there was a Fox News host who said that LeBron James should shut up and dribble I mean all, all of this all of this and what's happened the past few weeks is kind uh, kind of a wake up call for many that you know we're, this is all this is all bigger than 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 all of us. And uh, it, it's just been so inspiring to, to watch and to participate in. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. So, I mean, in, in terms of um, what's also been great about the protests is uh, we're, we're weeks into it now, and it, it, it's really showing no sign of letting up. Uh, you, you're, you're in New York City right now, right? Yes. So yes. you've... You've seen it. Can you talk a little bit about the ways that the protests are still really, uh, ways they're still happening? Even as recent as yesterday, um, I went down, took a bike ride down to Soho, and it was approaching, I want to say 7, maybe 7.15 p.m., and the protest was still going strong. It made its way through Soho, and it's just incredible to, to see that. Um, one of the things, because I was on a rooftop of a hotel looking down and just the sheer power, like those voices, you could hear it from all the way the West End to the East End. And it's just so amazing to just hear and see that much power reverberating through the city. And I'm glad that, I guess, being here 
I can see the reality that there are these peaceful and powerful protests versus what's presented and over-sensationalized in the media, where they're really focusing on the riots, which is 100% kind of like distracting away from the powerful message that's being put out there. Like people are focusing on property instead of the Black lives that have been taken from us, that have been robbed from us, you know, that, that potential that has been stolen away. Um, so just being in the heart of the city, it, it's just, I don't know, it, there, there's just so much power um, here in terms of people being so vocal. Um, and I guess the other thing for me is that even in the midst of this pandemic, this city, among so many other cities across the world, are showing up, standing up. Um, and to me, that's just so brave and so endearing. And I'm glad you brought the, the pandemic up because we're, you know, we're, we had months of, of isolation and quarantine and not, not seeing uh, people very often at all. And then to be able to go out on the street. I imagine, you know, for, for you as a performer, that quarantine just must have been absolute hell, not being able to you know, connect with a live audience and feel the energy of performing with people and then to, to have everybody come together for the, the protests and be able to, to feel that energy again. I mean, it must, it, it is, I, I'm, I'm struggling for words right now to, to describe what, uh, you know, witnessing these protests in, in real life and real time and seeing just the, the energy of people. And it, it's, it's so, uh, uplifting after what we've been through as a nation for the past couple of weeks of just, you know, seeing so many people struggling and all of that and to still come together as, as communities is, uh, it's important. And, and you're right about the media. It's been, uh, ridiculous. We had in Long Beach, uh, uh, last Sunday when we had our, our protests where there was some rioting and, and damage, uh, there were there were protests for about a few really at, at least three hours of uh, massive massive protests and uh, marching all of that and there was a media blackout they were just focusing on the Santa Monica uh, looting and then as soon as the looting started here all the cameras and you could hear the helicopters and it was just like it's ridiculous it's it's like these people don't actually and and since that we've had nothing nothing but nothing but peaceful protests that are powerful and uh, massive uh, all across the city and you just wish that people didn't want to sens- sensationalize what's going on because there's just so much raw power and energy in it to begin with you don't need to sens- sensationalize it mm-hmm. yeah agreed <laughs> so and i this all kind of you know i've gotten a couple like uh, just sort of tone deaf uh, awful messages of people like oh Pride is pride is canceled. This I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what this is what pride is. Like, mm-hmm. This 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 is pride, this, and and this is a lot. I mean the 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 Stonewall. They were literally pride. We have pride because of people rising up to power. That's why we we have pride because um, LGBTQ people of color, Black trans activists stood up and uh, stood up for their rights. It's, I was just speaking about this. A lot of people just don't understand. And I guess it's, I'm young too, but I, I think a lot of people, they just don't put in the effort to learn about our history. And and they, they definitely are completely detached from the idea that pride 
is an actual protest. Yes, we may have the privilege and the honor to be able to celebrate, you know, more in an upbeat and uplifting fashion, but that's definitely not the origins of Pride. Marsha P. Johnson with Stonewall, it was a riot, it was a protest. Um, so yeah, people definitely need to be mindful of where it comes from and why we celebrate Pride every year. It is to celebrate those liberties that the people before us fought so hard for. And there's so many things that we're continuing to fight for this very day. So, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and I mean, the, I, I guess we'll touch on this in, in a, a little bit, but just, just the idea of the, a, a pride parade, which now is like uh, the long beach pride parade last year was sponsored by Wells Fargo, which, Unfortunately, a podcast, you can't depict the eye rolls that that earns, uh, rightfully so. But um, that, that, that in a lot of ways is um, not, not that anybody wants a big bank supporting a, a pride parade, but it's a step forward from the fact that uh, in the 80s or the 70s, pride parades used to just kind of end in these mass arrests of people uh, by, by, by the police, uh, uh, of activists who are trying to, to stand up. And I, I think in, you know, as, as, Pride, as parades turn transition more into like a celebratory thing, um, we we can't forget that these that it was very radical for LGBTQ people to to go out in the streets and and protest. So, I mean, the what we're seeing going on is just really the continuation of of what what Pride has always been here to do. I don't know. I mean, have you seen from, uh, I, I looked at last year, the amount of emails I would get from, I, I got some of them this morning of, it, it was just, it was, pride was moving away from uh, focusing on, on uh, people and especially marginalized members, even within the LGBTQ community to um, just sort of this thing where uh, I would get emails from publicists for like Target over their brand. Like, do you want to talk about our, our pillow with a rainbow on it? And it's like, oh, just... don't even get me started with that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I get those emails nonstop too, especially um, for people that want to collaborate, you know whether it's like me as an influencer or want me to be a brand ambassador for them as a singer or a songwriter. And there are just some brands that are just, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and they don't necessarily have any real intentions of contribute contributing to the LGBTQ plus community. And for me, usually when I get those types of emails, I really have to take my time to decide whether or not this is worth it because I, I definitely prioritize my integrity and dignity first when it comes to those things. And I don't want to name drop, but there are a few brands where it's just an absolute no, because they're more into it for profit. <laughs> they, they definitely have more capitalist intentions where they want to take advantage of the LGBTQ plus community because they finally realize that there's a lot of money and power in the LGBTQ plus community, but they don't necessarily want to actually contribute to our community um, in terms of pushing for actual progress. So, 
yeah, <laughs> yeah. That 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 conversation will just open up a whole can of worms for me. So yeah, it's it's a can of worms that it needs to be talked about because yeah. I mean, on like a very very broad scale, it is not the worst thing in the world that these massive brands are now essentially what equates to pandering to the LGBTQ community. It's it's not the worst. Like there was a time when no one would have wanted to pander to the LGBTQ community. So, I mean, like, like that is something that we should acknowledge. It's regressive progress, but it's, it's, it's a kind of progress, but when it comes it's a to work in progress, <laughs> that's yes, what it is. Yes, that is, that's the perfect uh, phrase for that. And I mean, I, I just look at it now and it, it's, I, I I've said, I, I don't be try to be rude when I respond to these people. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not having, I'm not having brand. Like it's, it's there, there's a meme of a like fiddler crab just saying like with lasers coming out of its eyes saying like silence brand on Twitter. And I just like want to send that to people. I'm like, I don't care about your your pride product. If you have if you have like a if you have a creator who's who's like a grassroots person or uh, like like somebody who is is promoting a, like uh, something like that, like that's fine. But like I I don't I don't want I, I'm not I don't want Wells Fargo sponsoring my pride. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean it's it's and 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 you're in a unique position as an influencer as a performer. Uh, we're, we're we have we have to have virtual pride. That's. Uh, and you you just performed uh, at uh, virtually at the South Florida Pride Collective. You want to just talk about the the uh, all the challenges and 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 well, first what your experience was like with that. But that, uh, a lot of can of worms to open there too, I guess. Yeah, um, it was such a huge honor for me to be a part of the South Florida Pride Collective because it was the first time that all of the major prides, which are normally rivals. <laughs> seriously, um, came together in solidarity uh, to basically raise funds uh, for relief efforts, COVID-19 relief efforts within our community. And it's always been a goal of mine to be able to give back. Um, and so to be able to do that within my hometown, that, that was such an incredible um, career moment for me. And I'd say even more so with all of these virtual prides. I mean, it definitely is a very different experience because, I mean, we all love the in-person events. But this particular year where we have to uh, basically engage and participate in these virtual prides um, is definitely opening, I would say, the playing field in terms of allowing people to celebrate pride more than one time per year. Cause most times, most of us, we go to our local pride um, and that's pretty much it. With these prides going virtual, we have the opportunity to celebrate pride like as much as we want. <laughs> and even pride hop from city to city, um, even though it's virtual, but you could participate in pride in South Florida. You could participate in prides like global pride. They have prides in Europe, Asia, Africa, and just to be able to experience that, that is something that is incredible. And I think and also another thing that I found to be very surprising to me is the number of people that have either personally reached out or that I've heard stories of that they're not necessarily out or they don't have the courage or bravery to attend pride in person or they don't even have access to attend a pride because it's far from where they live. It, opens up the door for them to actually get a taste of what that's like. And, and 
that's something that is incredible and powerful, I believe. So although, you know, they're kind of, you know, like these negative points or downers when it comes to these prides going virtual, that's something that definitely keeps me happy, uplifted, and, and, and definitely motivated during this time because the reach, it's just so expansive now. I, that's a really great point you met, you brought up because I I, I think probably ninety percent of the the messages I get usually from uh, closeted trans people asking for advice or support they're from uh, red states or they're from places where they can't just you know pick up the phone and uh, or, or or go nearby to a LGBTQ center that we're very lucky to have in places like LA and New York and you know there's there's people who who feel isolated for for literal ge- geographic reasons that uh, we 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 can't forget and those people can't be left behind and even even for people who are you know as as you described not in a, not out of the closet or they just can't bring themselves to uh, to to come to a pride for understandable reasons. It 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 is great to be able to include those people and cast as as wide an umbrella as possible. I was just thinking that it, it's such an incredible situation and opportunity because just for them to be able to experience at a virtual level that may inspire them to muster up the courage to I wouldn't say necessarily come out, but you know, kind of seek more of those experiences to 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 actually get that sense and feeling of solidarity especially that they're not alone and, and i think that that's something that that is life-changing most definitely yeah that's always the the one piece of advice that i tend to give to practically any trans person who asks they that you know people who aren't out yet will ask like a lot of questions about surgery and i'll say to them you know I think the the most important thing to remember with all of this and coming out in the coming out of the closet also applies is there, there's no timeline. You you literally can do this as as slow as you want. You probably should should do it as as slow as you feel comfortable with because it's just a gradual process of building comfort to the point where you know I, I don't I like I personally haven't felt gender dysphoria in a really really long time. But to these people who are you know looking ahead at, at, at what what life looks like after the closet, it's important to remember that um, there's nothing wrong with taking baby steps. Baby steps are very good for a lot of things. You, you should take, ba- you know, there's the, when you're wrapping a Christmas present, you're supposed to measure twice, cut cut once. That's, you know, not really all that different from, from baby steps and just doing things at, at, at your own timeline. I think pride is uh, a reminder for those people that um, you, you, you can take it slow and there's a big loving world and there's a pride every year. So if you don't necessarily feel at your most uh, comfortable at one, you know, there's always one right around the corner. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. I, I really subscribe to the idea of everything. Everybody's on their own timeline. I mean, we spend so much of our lives comparing ourselves to other people and what they're doing and where they are in their life or career versus where I'm at and, no, that's not how it should work. You know, we're all individuals. We're all unique in our own ways, and everything is on your own timeline. So just do you. Don't 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 get caught up in the whole comparisons. Do things according to your own will. You know, your own comfort level. Yeah, don't focus on that other stuff. 
I'm, I'm glad you said that. Uh, the very the very first episode of this podcast is called Transition on Your Own Terms. It's and I I think as a and we also we also forget that um it's, for people like I I was very lucky and I'm very fortunate that my family were were pretty supportive and there's people who aren't but um so you you you've been out for uh, a while now um how has pride and the meaning of pride evolved to you over the years because like I, I guess with each passing year I feel like I'm well, I am older and older each year. That's what, that's how aging works. But I, I, I feel like more of a, a older uh, member of the the community than I used to, and I guess that's good. But it's just kind of it, it, I'm interested to get your thoughts on how how pride is has evolved in its meaning for you as time has gone on. I guess probably who because because it, it 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 really hit me when you're like, oh, you've been out for a while, and it's it's. It's really interesting in this day and age, it's still something that although I've said it thousands upon thousands of time and it's, it's, it's how I live my everyday, I still feel like there's always more of the coming out process, <laughs> like whether it's people that I meet or, or just other areas in my career where I kind of have to have that conversation all over again. And it still strikes me to this very day as if I'm having it for the first time. So I just found that interesting, but in terms of pride, what it actually means to me, that's something that is always evolving to me. Um, one of the things I would definitely say is something that I internalize um, is definitely having the courage to live as our true and authentic selves and to be able to really focus on celebrating our differences and the things that really make each of us unique. That, that's a huge component of pride to me and definitely spreading a powerful message that love is love. It's just that plain and simple and that we should never be ashamed or feel a little less than because we celebrate or express our love a little differently from our hetero counterparts. Um, I think definitely more importantly is pride is being free and living and loving however you truly feel deep within your soul and never being afraid to do just that. Yeah. So that, that's definitely what pride means to me. Yeah, that's uh, definitely hit the nail right on the head with that. I, it's a, it, it is it is uh, it's it's like a deeply uh, personal and yet a very universal uh, sensation from pride. Just the the liberation and I mean I, I know I grew up as a, a scared closeted uh, trans person, uh, afraid of this world that kind of uh, I guess it's easy to take for granted now. How how even like ten years ago the world was very uh, was different and. Um, in, in terms of representation and visibility and, and now we're in a world where you know it's 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 kind of funny to like see the comment section of uh whenever whenever like a big movie franchise adds a gay character just seeing all the people like really angry because they don't want to <laughs> live, live in this changing world and I, I i can it's funny to laugh about now because we don't really we don't we don't have to worry about the the clock turning back yeah yeah, it's really interesting for me, too, um, because be, living in a city like New York, whereas especially as someone that's a part of the LGBTQ plus community, I feel like 
it's definitely much more celebrated here versus when I go back home. I do feel like my home is Miami, Florida. Sometimes I do feel like I'm going a little bit back in time, whether it's like 10 to 15 years, because there's still a lot more work to be done down there. Um, People definitely live, I don't necessarily want to, I hate saying like a life that's more in the closet, but I guess it is what it is. They're definitely more reserved and conservative in terms of living openly. And it's, I'm just grateful that I, I live in a city where is, you know, although there's still a lot of work that needs to be made, but it's like so much more progressive. Yeah, I, I definitely, when I was, uh, I was at, uh, I was covering Sundance this past January, which kind of feels like just yesterday with everything that's been going on, but also just for the uh, purposes of the fact that pretty much all travel after that stopped for me, but uh, just, just being around their uh, population that was clearly quite familiar to the the presence of, of, of gay people. And um, you, you got kind of like, everyone was polite, but you could tell like there was there a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work that needs to be done that people could uh, probably stand to watch a few more episodes of Queer Eye or something. <laughs> I just don't understand why, why it, people are just so concerned with, how we love (laughs) it's just like how does that does it really affect you that deeply it's 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 (laughs) i i I don't even want to get started with that one i'm glad you mentioned it though the one like most we when i was ubering around or talking with people like most of the conversations were about um were about the films like you know there's and the fact that you could just walk down the street and see like five celebrities, which they're not really all that used to, but living in LA is just kind of like, who cares? Um, but, or, or, or New York, but the, I had this one conversation with this guy. I, I mentioned my partner and that my partner's a lawyer and he, he seemed very fascinated with the idea that a transgender person was in like a stable, like a, a, a relationship that had been going on for a few years. Like, wow. and you could tell, like, you could just hear the, the, like like surprise i i guess maybe condescension is the the right word but i was just like dude you need to get out i want to say i'm like you need to get out more man like this is this is a weird conversation but um you are the host of of gay travel today which is i i, I always I, i'm really always just fascinated by um uh travel and and gay people because there was a time when it was like i mean you still do have to do your research where you're going is is safe but we've come a long way in that and can you just talk a little bit more about the show and what you do oh i'm so grateful for it (laughs) because i'm such a big travel enthusiast and you know with everything that's going on uh with the pandemic and and social distancing we all have to pretty much stay at home although you know it's it's still opening i mean places i think everything's open at this point but for the most part Most of us still have to shelter in place, stay at home. Um, So with all that's going on, I found myself, it was like really hard to truly be positively motivated throughout this process. So when I was asked to be the host of Gay Travel Today by Saggy Travel, it was such a huge deal for me because they're a major leader and pioneer in LGBTQ plus travel. So I just saw this as an incredible opportunity to stay connected with the LGBTQ plus community because I found that to be extremely difficult during these times. And through these Amazon Alexa flash briefings, you can hear me share 
travel updates, hot topics, um, pride events, festivals, and updates on that front, and also just really share motivation and encouragement, I'd say inspiration, especially for our community during this time. So yeah, it's been such an incredible experience being the host so far of Gay Travel today. <laughs> have you gotten uh, have you have you gotten to, to travel to any any cool spots that you'd like to talk about? Oh wow! <laughs> oh, there's so many. Um, I, I'm so fortunate that I've been able to do so much travel, especially coming from where I'm from. Like my mom, <laughs> she hasn't even been on a plane yet at the age of 60, oh, wow. about to go on 61. So coming from where, where I'm from, like traveling, that's definitely something that is probably perceived as more of a far-fetched dream. But some of the most incredible places that I've been, I would say more recently, the trip to Kenya. It was my very first time in Africa and just being able to experience that. Cause that, that's the motherland, <laughs> the motherland for me. Um, and just, oh, it was incredible uh, just to see, oh, I, I can't even put it into words because I was able to get a sense of the LGBTQ plus community there as well. And it was just such a heartwarming experience because they just embraced us as if we were their own. And they took us throughout various parts of Kenya. They showed us like the little spots that they have where they come together on a daily basis. <laughs> um to have drinks, um, to have important conversations, to make progress on the LGBTQ plus front in Kenya. And also on the flip side, to do some of the more tourist things like the safaris, just to see the animals, that was incredible. Um, I would say doing a multi-city trip across Asia, that was amazing for me, like Hong Kong, Shanghai, Kuala Lumpur. I absolutely love Seoul, South Korea. Um, yeah, yeah, just just been blessed to, to experience some places. Um, also, another favorite is definitely Rome. <laughs> I absolutely love Rome, and I featured that in my very first music video, Defy, because traveling there, it just felt like that was that was a moment in my life to to see a lot of like where I guess like to. I would say like democracy, civilization uh, really, you know, got a stronghold and see where all of that originated. It, it was such an incredible experience. <laughs> so you, you uh, of the places you've described, some of them don't necessarily have the, the greatest track even today with uh, laws for LGBTQ people. And yet, as, mm -hmm. as you bring up, these are places where gay communities thrive and you find in my own travel, I've been to, I've spoken at places where I've had people come up to me uh, and say, like, I'm, I'm the, you know, we don't have transgender people in my community. I'm like, hey, you do. You just you're not you're not necessarily looking. And in 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 countries that are oppressive to to gay people, they still have gay people. So, mm -hmm. um, how is how is the kind of the the laws of the country maybe um or or the the broader cultural uh dynamic of uh the places sort of shaped your experiences that's a really would, broad question i would say especially with kenya um because it is <clears throat> illegal it is criminal to be homosexual um one of my friends and it, it, basically i met a few years back 
It's a couple that's based in Toronto. They're originally from Kenya. They connected me with one of their best friends who actually lived in Kenya. And he was the one that basically took me and my partner Barry out and introduced us to a lot of his friends. Because when we went, we were definitely under the impression there's absolutely not going to be any, you know, (laughs) um, gay activities going on during this trip. But I'd have to say it was the complete reverse. Them taking us out, it, it was such an incredible experience because at first it was just a few of us. And I think they were kind of, <laughs> you know, I guess uh, planning a little surprise for us. So it was just like we went to a little cafe, then we went and had dinner. And then we went to, started out at one bar. And then suddenly we were surrounded by like almost 40 of their friends. And one of them was celebrating his birthday. And there was another couple, they were celebrating their three-year anniversary as a couple. And it was just so incredible because we were able in that moment to have like deep conversations about what's being done there, how the LGBTQ plus community is perceived in Kenya. Like it's at a place where it may still be illegal, but at least people are at the point in terms of progress, whereas it's, it's, it's beyond just tolerated. You know what I mean? Like they're there, yeah. like people are actually okay. They're, they're not, you know, making a fuss about seeing a couple on the street <laughs> or, or someone that is obviously someone that's queer. Um, but they were just saying, especially they, they call him the unofficial gay mayor of, <laughs> of um, Kenya um, but he was just telling us like uh, how they protest and how they're actually making their voices heard. Um, it was just such an incredible thing to 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 hear and to hear those stories, um, and just to meet some of those incredible people. <laughs> it's so fascinating to hear you talk about that because I mean, like, really the the. I, I guess the worst part, and I, I'm obviously approaching this as a um as a white person but 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 for me the uh i I guess one of the really big downsides of like coming out or transitioning is just just the 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 sense and i'm fortunate that i haven't felt this in a while but but the the whole othering of it all like being the only person who's who's trans or or bisexual in a room and it, it it's 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 just like it, it's naturally uncomfortable because human beings are, are are communal people we we need community you know you're not you, loneliness has a has a actual proven uh you know detriment to your mental health and mm-hmm. it, it's it's for for places with these oppressive laws you you worry about the the people who who feel like they're the only person in the world and to hear, uh, even in, in, in Kenya, where, uh, you know, with, with very strict laws that, that these people are finding community and finding each other, it's yes. uh, reminded of the, the line in Jurassic Park of all places, life finds a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have, I mean, it's, it's, cause it's not, it's not just like the whole point of pride is, is, is not it, it's not enough to just survive. You have to thrive also. You're not really okay. living a full life unless you're able not only to be be tolerated, but 
but to be accepted, to be included, and to be uh, celebrated for who you are. It's, yes. it's very important. Yes, agreed. I always say that it, it's, it's, I, I don't, I talk about this when it comes to traveling to like, I don't necessarily want to go to places, although I have been, whereas the culture just simply tolerates us. I want to go to places where we're actually celebrated or they're working toward being able to celebrate us as a community. Um, so yeah, just hearing you say the tolerated and celebrated, I'm like, yeah, that, that's my, that's my motto right there. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's like, it, I, I still like I go home and um people will come up to me and they're like I just want you to know that I have I have no no problem with you being like transgender I'm like you don't need to tell me that dude it's like I don't want to hear that like I, I'm not I'm I'm not apologize I, I don't I, I the, the 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 we need to get rid of the like with with in you you never hear anybody really anymore with gay marriage at least not in not in like the news or i mean i'm I'm sure you hear it in uh uh places with stricter laws or in in, uh more rural states or red states but like you know the people saying like i have no problem with with gay marriage and it's like what do you want a medal for for stating the obvious like (laughs) invite a gay couple over well not that they not that those kind of people necessarily should invite like a gay couple over for dinner but like it's not enough to just say like I, I don't look at you with scorn and disgust. It's like I have to you have to be part of the conversation. It's 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 I mean it's the the, the point of community. I, I love living in Long Beach, which is an incredibly diverse place, but it's also a place with such a rich like gay history. I don't have to you know there's there's no area where I'm walking into and I'm worried about like discrimination. It's just people going about their daily lives and uh, that that that's the kind of that's that's really where I think we we need to go where we're not talking just about the the idea that there's we don't need to say there's nothing wrong with being gay anymore we know that yeah i think a lot of it's definitely systemic especially because a lot of these areas they definitely surround themselves with people who look like them who sound like them who are basically replicas uh of them and i think it's important for people to really have those conversations, even if it's forced, even if it's uncomfortable, because they, on the surface, they see this otherness, but there's so much common ground. You, you will just find so many commonalities just by having a conversation with someone that's a part of the LGBTQ plus community, someone in terms of today that, that is Black. Like There aren't very many differences except for that surface that 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 superficial thing that i guess people are just focused on um and i think for me like i'll just go kind of like talking about like gay travel today because i feel like that that opens up the opportunity for people if they don't necessarily want to have that in-person conversation they could check in using their smart speaker alexa and hear some of the things that we talk about as a community and Sometimes you, you'll just find a lot of commonality, whereas we're talking about the same things that you're talking about. <laughs> like we're talking about, you know, our concerns or things that we fear when we travel. You may have some of those same issues. Uh, we're talking about how we're planning our travels. We're talking about encouraging and motivating each other. We're trying to spread a message of love amongst another to uplift each other. That, that's something that is completely 
relatable, you know? That's uh-huh. something that anybody could identify with. Um, and yeah, yeah. So your, your music, get, getting back to uh, the the nature of, of pride and protest, your music's very uplifting. It's very um, sort of uh, upbeat, welcoming. Uh, it's... How do you think that that sort of ties in? I, I guess... When, when people hear the words like protest and uplifting, for a lot of people, those don't necessarily inter- intersect as, as yeah, or intertwine in the way that um, maybe members of the LGBTQ plus community uh, might understand that. But talk about sort of the idea of, of, of protest from an uplifting stance, especially in a media that really only wants to talk about like destruction or, or center protest through the lens of what the president is, is whining about. Hmm. I would say in terms of my music, a lot of the songs that I write, a lot of people may not notice it, but they, it's definitely one that is uplifting in nature. But when you really listen to the lyrics of some of, of some of my songs, it will probably read as if it's a personal protest, 100%, because these are stories that chronicle my life and upbringing growing up poor, overcoming obstacles as someone that grew up in in a low-income, single-mother Black household, and some of the things that I had to face, my family had to face in terms of racism, systemic racism, um, environmental conditioning, the whole shebang. Um, And so that's definitely something that I always try to incorporate in my music is is basically spreading my voice and, and in a way protesting using that voice in a way that is consumable for people. Um, I think a lot of people, that, that's kind of the trick that I, I like to incorporate with my music. When you hear it, especially for the first couple of times, you're really focused on, you know, the upbeat nature of the song, you know, being able to vibe to it. But when you really dissect those lyrics, you, you might stop and pause and be like, hold on, what is he talking about here? Wait a second, there's some more depth here. Like, for example, herstory, that, that's all about my upbringing Growing up were gunshots, hearing gunshots, that was the norm. Abuse in the family, where there's like my my mother, you know, being in an abusive marriage. I talk about that as well. And 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 like a lot of people, it's just something for them to to I guess take a beat and reflect on when they hear the music. It's important for music to have like that that kind of layer. It's the, the mark of a uh, talented artist to be able to um, convey a lot of you know the best kind of songs are the ones that you're able to uh, return to after a while or or even you know uh, with with repeat listening and, and hear something different or feel something new and to be able to just come back to that is uh, it's very powerful. I think that's uh, and it, it's important, and um, I guess with with um, somewhat somewhat you're describing, I, I think of catharsis. Is that probably is that an accurate term? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, that's that's one of the major components. <laughs> yes, definitely. I guess, I, I guess that's kind of uh, somewhat of the the way that I I engage with with pride right now, and and 
as it as it relates to the the protests that are going on these are nothing that's happening with the protest is is some sort of new phenomenon that that suddenly became a, a problem for america t- like two weeks oh. ago this is these are these are systemic issues that have existed forever and yes people need yes. to need to talk about it and we we need to reach a point where you know they don't just sort of fade into the background for some other next issue we need to actually have action or and if we don't if if we don't get that action we need to the protests need to continue Agreed. It's definitely rooted in centuries, centuries uh, of history here. And and it just amazes me how so many people, they, they really just act as if this is a new phenomenon. It's just like, you are blessed to have the privilege of being able to turn a blind eye and live in a bubble, whereas that's not something that you're subjected to on a regular basis that you have to hear about on a regular basis. So yeah, it's just incredible that, that the veil has been lifted and people are finally seeing that these are not just isolated incidences. This is happening all over the country, all over the world, and it needs to stop. It needs to stop. And the thing that really... Um, I'd have to say, like, it lifts my spirit to know that people are really focusing on systemic change. And I don't think a lot of people realize how fundamental that is and how far that will go if these changes are made in terms of the upbringing of a lot of Black people. Education, um, even just, you know for lack of better words, like how, how the, the composition of our neighborhoods, like people don't understand that our communities are so fundamentally different from communities that are, I would say, more predominantly white. Like distribution of money and funds when it comes to education. Like they could be in neighborhoods right next to each other, but that distribution of wealth is so... <laughs> different <laughs> and people just don't see that or know that so i think if if those changes are made they're really going to see some incredible things happen on a global scale yeah yeah i think that's important like we we need to talk about and and, and that, that that's kind of been the the conversation that needs to be had around the discussions of defunding the police because some people are like oh that's a ridiculous idea and like i i just want to like look at them and say, no, here's the ridiculous idea. A, you know, first grade teacher has to buy, use their own paychecks to buy school supplies while a police officer is dressed like a, like commando out of uh, like a call of duty game, like <laughs> head to toe. We have a multi-billion dollar budget in LA in New York for the police. While so many other parts of our community from healthcare to education, all of that, falls on the wayside we need to have these these conversations and and not 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 pretend like uh the status quo is is working for people because there's just so many people right now who are struggling and they need to be heard yes most definitely most definitely so the 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 question of momentum is something that uh needs to always 
exist in, in these conversations. Cause it's not enough just to have them action then, then needs to happen. And I mean, whether it's pride or, or the protest, there's, you know, still a lot of things I live like, personally. I'm very uh, concerned about there's a Supreme court case with a, a transgender woman who, who died recently, unfortunately, but um, she had brought a lawsuit, Amy Stevens to uh, she'd been fired. And it, it, it the, the, question of whether transgender people can be discriminated against in in the workplace is is essentially something that the uh the supreme court will answer and and that's um uh, a scary but w the power of, of pride and the power of protest are are things that can't just be confined to these these weeks or 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 this month and i guess this pride is is somewhat unique in the sense that uh with all that's been going on um our show, at least, is is planning on we're going to continue uh, pride specific uh, topics well into July, or as, sort of as long as it takes to get through the ones that uh, we think we need to focus. But what, what what do you think as a nation we should uh, look to for ways to to keep all of this energy and this momentum that we've been feeling going? It's a it's a complex question. <laughs> oh yeah, like I, I people will probably call me like a like very. Oh God, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but a lot of people just straight up call me an asshole for saying it. Um, but it's just like, I, I always say when it comes to people, especially in this moment in time, do not just jump on board as if this is a trending topic. This is not a trending topic and the cool thing to do at the moment. This is something that we need to work on from this moment forward nonstop. Like, these are not conversations that are just going to cease, you know, a week from now and move on to the next hot topic. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, we need actual work and change to be done. And to keep that momentum going, I would definitely say be active in your communities. Do your best to contribute to charities that are working toward amplifying those voices to make changes in legislation. The most important thing in terms of momentum with all the protests, I am grateful that it built all of the awareness, but I really hope that everybody that is out there, you know, putting their lives on the line, making their voices heard, that they show up on election day and vote because that's where the real power to make change lies. We're building awareness and building that momentum, but I think if it's not backed up by voting, a lot of that work goes in vain. So I really hope and, and, and I really want to encourage people to go out and vote because it's much easier to show up to vote than it is to march the streets and be subjected to potential violence. And I guess, God, I, I don't want to say retaliation or, 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 or just, you know, subjecting yourself, whether it's, you know, contracting COVID-19 or even, you know, walking by an officer who just so happened to be pissed or having a bad day and they want to act out and lash out on a peaceful protester. Like there's so much work that goes into doing that versus just showing up to the poll where all you have to do is just go take 15 minutes out of your day and vote. I, I yeah. couldn't agree more. We, we, we do some politics on this, uh, this show and it, it, it's, it's, 
if you don't vote, you you're sacrificing, as you describe, an easy easy way to uh, exert your own power. Not 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 just on a national level, but mm-hmm. a statewide level, a local level. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot going on that that and people need to need to show up and uh, exact real change. I mean, we one of our our great congresswomen, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She like she only beat her person by about fifteen thousand votes. Those are those are numbers that you see re- sort of reflected in uh, the the protesters. Those are those are big numbers of people showing up to protest, wield that energy, and uh, make something really positive out of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I really hope that this is the year where people show up to vote for sure. I so, really hope that this is the year. Yep, I I couldn't agree more. So for for you and your your career, uh, lo- looking to the future. I mean, I I really I, I I have a lot of friends in the literary community who have been talking about how hard it is to promote a book during COVID nineteen, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of book promotion period can be done remote. But but for a for a performer, that's whole different ball game it's very difficult to you know you 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 can't tour right now you can't or i guess are are, you do you have is there a time time table on when uh live performances can begin or i honestly don't have a clue yeah that that is definitely something that oh i can't even imagine that happening (laughs) until there's a vaccine um unless something changes, whereas somebody comes up with an innovative way of hosting a concert. I've even heard of people doing like parking lot style concerts where people show up in their cars and they're able to social distance that way while there's a performer on stage. Uh, but that, that sounds really disconnected in terms of the energy being yeah. able to give good energy for me. Um, yeah. It's definitely tough as a, a performer, singer, songwriter, but it definitely allowed me to focus more on what I actually wanted to do as an artist, and that's to give back and to find ways to get involved in my community. Um, and, and that's something that I'm definitely grateful for and will hope to continue to have as the major component of my career, because that's, that's all I want to do. I don't care about all the other stuff. I want to be able to give back to my communities, like the intersections of being an LGBTQ black male. So giving back to my LGBTQ plus community and giving back to my hometown of Miami, just just doing good things with my music. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's so ins- inspirational to talk to you and to get your perspective on all of this. It's been uh, a really, really great conversation, and I, I've learned so much. At some points, I've been—it's almost hard to like formulate a f- follow-up question because you're just trying to like soak everything in, and <laughs> you have to. It's uh, it it's it's been uh, a real pleasure, and um, we we have uh, a lot of links to share in the uh, episode description of where to find you because you you are a very active and online person, which is uh, great for podcasting because. Uh, that's also a thing that needs to be needs to be done uh, online. But um, do you want to tell us where we can uh, find you and your uh, your your big platforms? 
Oh, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It's such a humbling and honor to be able to speak with you, Ian. Uh, you can find me on my website, um, me and my music, tarajmusic.com, or you could check me out on Instagram, it's taraj08, that's T-E-R-A-J-08, or you can literally hear me every single day for free on Amazon Alexa through Gay Travel Today. It's super easy to just download the app for free. You could just type in Gay Travel Today and enable it that way, or go to amazon.com and type in Gay Travel Today and enable it that way as well. Um, or you could just hear the show on any podcast platform. It's pretty much on all of them. So yeah, definitely be tune in that way. I'll be sharing lots of encouragement and inspiration for all of you that are interested in pride events and updates. I share lots of info on virtual festivals, events, happy hours, community talks, hotline services, the whole shebang. Um, and also travel updates for those future travels. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Again, that's Go ahead, no, go sorry. ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say just the the it's it's so important that you uh you do gay travel today. That's that's really something that's a deficiency in our in our community that I, I really hope in the coming years gets gets rectified and people get out of their uh you know, get out and see the world a lot and all the opportunities and it it really it seems like such fascinating stuff that, that uh you do and so many different places. It's it's very exciting. I, I encourage everybody to check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and to, uh, so, uh, Taraj, thank you so much for coming on. And to uh, our audience, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. <laughs>